Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Hi, everybody. I'm James Kleiman, the managing editor of Housing Wire. And today we have a very special guest, the one, the only Craig Scher. Craig is the managing director of NFM Lending and the co-creator of its influencer division. And he also hosts NFM TV. And Craig was recently on a fantastic panel at MBA IMB in New Orleans with Gen Z influencer Ali Cardi and the MBA's head of social media, Ashley Marshall, and PRMG's Kevin Perania, who films these awesome breakdowns about the economy. And he's built a really solid following on social media. And today we're going to talk about how Greg and his team are leveraging social media, building audiences, and using it to actually close loans. This isn't posting selfies and wishing your nephew a happy birthday on Facebook. This, I, I think, really could be the start of something big in the mortgage world. So, Greg, thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate that, and I appreciate HousingWire, and in particular, your amazing coverage of the NAR lawsuit. I really followed every single word you you uttered and printed, and that was really helpful in helping everyone at NFM Lending and many other companies get some clarity on what in the world was going on. So really appreciate all you did there. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And um, I want to dive in first to, to talk a little bit more about your background, because I feel like most people in the industry, you took kind of a non-traditional path to getting into mortgage lending, but even by mortgage standards, it's really unusual. So maybe I, I guess I could tease it by saying... Greg, I'm really sorry about the Baltimore Ravens, and, and maybe you could take it from there. Yeah, well, that's a fresh wound, man. Uh, you're pouring major salt in it. I am a Baltimore native and uh, actually had my eyes set on being a sports broadcaster when I grew up. And I actually was a sports broadcaster for some time. Going back to when I was a kid, uh, my father and Oprah Winfrey co-hosted a talk show together in Baltimore called People Are Talking. From 1975 to 1980, I'm 53, so I was from the time I was five uh, until the time I was around 15. Oprah was a, like a mainstay in my house, uh, you know, coming by, hanging out. You know, went to my bar mitzvah. You know, for those who don't know what that is, it's a celebration, an official entrance into manhood if you're Jewish. So that was pretty cool. So uh, I followed in my father's footsteps, who was on an ABC affiliate for 37 years in Baltimore, and a news anchor and thought I was going to be a sportscaster and was. And fortunately, the best thing that ever happened in my life was I was demoted from a full-time sportscaster to a part-time sportscaster. And I needed a job Monday through Friday. So a friend of mine was 23 at the time. He, he was making great money in the mortgage business. And he said, hey, man, come check this out. You're not doing anything Monday to Friday. I said, sure, let's go. We met for lunch. I remember him taking a napkin out and trying to explain to me what an escrow account was. I was so confused. Fortunately, I didn't let that deter me. And I stayed in the business, um, eventually uh, opened up a company and then uh, folded my company into NFM Lending where I am today. And it's been 15 years since I did that. So yeah, untraditional, but I, I've never met one person yet who was in college and said, you know, I've got to get into the mortgage business. So I think we all have our unique road here. We're all kind of like uh, stray cats, man. You know, and that's, I think that in, in some ways that that's what makes the business um, so amazing. And the people in it, you know, you've got some really special walks of life, really every walk of life um, and a bunch of survivors, a bunch of gritty people in one place. And you develop such deep relationships. And, you know, we all beat to one to one heartbeat. That's taking care of the consumer 
And, um, you know, that is our challenge every day that we wake up with. That's, that's our goal. That's what we're supposed to do. And, um, I think the people that are left standing, uh, do it really well in our industry. So I'm very excited about the influencer division. Um, this kind of, you know, I give you the backdrop of my story because it gives you an idea of sort of where the creative comes in and the TV part and the video, because it's all sort of intertwined in this idea that somebody can get on TikTok, a, a licensed mortgage loan officer and make an engaging video that could be as short as eight seconds, as long as a couple of minutes talking about their experience in the industry, talking about how they help borrowers go from 550 FICOs to 680 in six months or less, talking about how um, you can get into a house with no money down, you know, all these various layers to this complex business. And it's very compelling to the next generation that's coming up, Gen Z, uh, which is the first generation of digital natives. I talk about it a lot. They, they use their cell phones three hours a day and then and, and they tend to act based on who they follow. So we're kind of entering this new territory, as I see it, in the mortgage business where uh, the uh, dynamic has, is on its way to shifting. Anyone that's been in the business for any substantial amount of time knows the traditional way we're used to getting business is the real estate agent controls the transaction. They get to the borrower first, and then they dictate what lender they use based on their favorites, based on MSAs and a bunch of other variables. What I'm seeing firsthand from this influencer division and the 14 influencers that we have on our team is that it's very much changing. We're getting to these consumers much earlier in the process when it's just an idea, they don't have an agent yet. And so that gives us the leverage all of a sudden, uh, provided we're willing to nurture them, which is a big part of this that I know we'll get into. Uh, and then we can decide what agent they use, or at least help educate them on what's important when 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 uh, when looking for an agent. So that was a long answer. That will be my longest answer of the interview, by the way. They'll just get, they'll just get order from here, okay? We're good. I, I think it's really interesting because the mortgage industry, one, I, I think you're right, it's characterized by survivors. You know, we, we were in, in New Orleans last week and you talk to the people, they're optimistic because they've been doing this forever. They survived 2018, they survived 2008, 2009. You know, they've, they've seen the ups, the downs. But I do think one of the criticisms that I often hear, and I think really rings true is that there's sometimes a lack of creativity. So much of it is, well, you didn't get any loans. Well, call more people, you know, do this, do that. It's repetition. It's, you know, have you refined your pitch or have you called enough real estate agents that day? And one of the flaws is a lot of them just don't get to the consumer. And there's a big opportunity if you can get to the if you can get to the consumer, because now the paradigm is flipped, right? So you're the one who's dictating the terms. Maybe you're the one who has an LO who can say, yeah, you should work with this real estate agent instead of vice versa. Yeah. And I think depending on the injunctive relief that comes down, um, I think it's just going to expedite even more. I mean, first, I think COVID really sped up this transformation into uh, influencers, this idea that mortgage people sitting at home could tell their stories. Other people were sitting at home. They had time to react, let it all sink in. That that kind of pushed things forward, I don't know, a couple of hundred percent. But then this lawsuit and you know potentially the idea of the decoupling of fees, which you so amazingly covered. Um, and I know that ruling's going to come down, I think, sometime in March or April, last, last I heard from you. You know, I think that is uh, going to put even uh, more a power in the hands of lenders. And, and and ultimately, really, with power comes responsibility, right? Because borrowers are going to be even uh, hungrier to understand what it means to them. I mean, in a lot of instances, consumers are already 
uh, first-time homebuyers in particular are scrapping together every dime they can. Can you imagine how cumbersome the burden is to, on top of that, have to figure out who's going to cover your agent fees and where you turn for that? And um, so I think if that does happen, that the onus will fall on lenders to be even, even that much better when it comes to educating consumers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And especially those who are first-time homebuyers who, you know, maybe they need an FHA loan or maybe... They're, they're from a non-traditional work structure. They're part of the gig economy, right? And you have to rely on bank statement borrower type applications. And, and there could be a real opportunity to give them a good experience to get them into home ownership. And that doesn't filter through to the buy side real estate agent because they can't come up with two and a half, three percent on that side. But maybe you can work, you can get creative on on the lending side and uh, you know make it a lifelong relationship. So I, I think there's a lot there. I don't think the average real estate agent who's doing 25 deals a year is going to be tremendously affected, but you know, it's, it's those kind of one-off deals. And there are so many agents who are in that space, you know, in the whole of it, right. There are probably a million agents who do just a couple deals a year. They could be replaced by the lender, by the LO at some point. So yeah, I, I think you're right. There's a big opportunity there. I do want to get into how the influencer division got started and where it is now, and maybe where you see it in a couple of years' time. So it got started because of a friend of mine that works at another mortgage company. Um, just one day called me up and said, you need to take a look at this guy, Scott Bedley. His handle online is that mortgage guy. He happens to be in your backyard. Our corporate office is, is in Baltimore, Maryland, and I live in Northern Virginia, from Baltimore originally, as I mentioned before. So... Um, I was familiar with the area, obviously, and started to look up this this gentleman. I'll be honest, you know, 35 months ago, you know, uh, I didn't even know what TikTok was, you know, I, I so I had to go find it. And I went and started watching this guy who had a who had a, his his mortgage license and, and had production that he got from real estate agents. And I started seeing some of his videos get talking about mortgages, getting 500,000 views, a million, a million and a half. One of his videos got 5 million views and he was wearing his company sweatshirt, his company hat. I looked in the DMs because you can see those. And I, I saw hundreds and hundreds of comments from people. Can you do loans in Florida? Um, I'm self-employed. Can you help me out? I, I need a no money down loan. So I just started to, to read the comments and I, and I couldn't believe what I was saying. And I knew that it was really a centennial moment for, for me and potentially NFM. And if I could just get him to uh, want to work with me, I could use my marketing experience and my, my background to, to help set him off. So I, I collaborated with him. I got him on the phone. Um, and thankfully uh, for us, unfortunately for his lender, they were not paying any attention to him. They, they, they didn't recognize him. They um, were very tight from a compliance standpoint. Um, too tight. 
and they were not encouraging what he was doing. And I just said, look, man, you, you are the future. I see what you're doing. This is amazing. Imagine having 10 of you, how many loans we could produce. So I said, come to NFM, which is our company. We will build a very reliable lead funnel for you so that no inquiry goes unanswered because that's a really big concern. If you're an influencer, you've got a brand and you have to protect that brand, which is a blessing and a curse if you're really good. Meaning if you're really good and you make an awesome video, you may get a thousand people that reach out to you within 24 hours. Well, you, no human being can possibly get to a thousand people. And if you just don't get to the right person, they may call you counterfeit. They may blast you on social media. So there's there's risk there from a brand standpoint. So you have to have kind of a back end to cover that, which I told him we'd build and we did. And then the other thing I said was, look, we'll also depend. We'll also build a really dependable um, back end so that if you just want to make videos and be creative and not be all the way in the loans, you'll have that option. So I stood up both of those things with a lot of trial and error. It started to work. Uh, brought on another couple of influencers by the end of 2023, brought in some more last year. And as we look up today, uh, we've got 14 licensed loan officers. So when I say influencer, just to clarify, because I think most people's inclination, James, is to think, oh, influencer, that's somebody you pay for to rep your brand. That's not what this is. This isn't Jake Paul. These are people that work for NFM. They're not getting paid salaries. They are loan officers. The true definition of what a loan officer is at your company and mine, but they have a, a profile online and they spend the amount of time necessary to uh, have some virality and to build a community to develop these leads, which, oh, by the way, cost nothing. And that's the biggest expense many of our institutions have. It's, you know, cost cost to, to close. Like what is your your cost to acquire a customer and 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 uh and so in this instance it's not it's nothing right so um you know there's a lot of ways we can go with this conversation in terms of your the second part of your question where where, where i think this is going where i want to go i just want to continue to build the team out and uh and also educate other people you know i think there's a because of the shift that you and i touched on a little while ago to this more direct to consumer uh um, I think that there's a, I don't think I know there's a really huge need to educate real estate agents and loan officers on where to begin because it's very daunting. It's very intimidating, especially for the lion share people who don't have profiles, who aren't on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and Facebook. And there are just so many questions. I mean, starting with what equipment do I get? Yeah. What platform is best for me? How many times should I post? How do I do my editing? How much time should I be doing this? Should I do it on the fly? Should I batch my content? There's just so much. And so I think uh, there, there's, a, there's a large need right now and, a very, and, and just a, a complete thirst for this information, for this collateral. And I think to put it into context for all the lenders out there that are listening to this, we've all seen an influx of new coaching companies emerge. We see it, right? We see the the, the ones that have been around forever starting to fade, coaches leaving, and, and, and virtually every one of the companies that is now emerging, and I can think of six to eight that have just come out in the last six months and another five that are about to come out, every single one of them has this social media branding component. Whereas some others, and I'm not going to name any names, but the ones that we all know about that have been around forever, that's not a main focus of theirs. But the new companies, 
it's going to be at least 50% of what they do. So the idea is to marry traditional means to getting business with modern means, which is this social media branding thing. And that's really what we've been emphasizing, James. And so it's not, okay, look, you used to have all these real estate agent clients. Don't think about them anymore. You should just be spending all your days on TikTok, dancing and creating educational content. That's not at all what you're saying. You're saying you need to find a balance. You need to have a presence digitally. You need to be thinking creatively about how to get more leads, right? Because at the end of the day, this business is all about leads, right? I think it, t- it depends on your time frame. If okay. you're a 55-year-old agent or loan officer and you've got a three to five-year horizon, you absolutely could just hang on, continue to do what you're doing. If you plan on being in the business beyond five years, uh, you've got to get a piece of this action. Even if you're not going to be the front person, there's still other ways to get a slice. You can you can hire micro-influencers in your market and actually have them be paid. Um, you can do digital marketing. You know There is a plan B if you don't want to be out in front of the camera, but you've got to have a strategy to brand uh, to, to brand yourself because as, uh, as Denise Cardi, a 30 plus year, uh, mortgage veteran pointed out, you know, so eloquently and accurately in our, in, in our panel discussion at the, um, IMB conference in New Orleans that you referenced, she made such a salient point, And that is it's gotten to the point where if you're not online and you don't have a profile, people just assume you're not good at your job. Let that sink in for a minute. Let that sink in for a minute. I know you're, you're like, hmm, could that really be? But there was a window here when there was less adoption where, you, where it was a choice. Oh, uh, you know, I'm not doing Facebook. I don't almost like it was a badge of courage. Like I'm not online. I can do great without that. Not so much anymore. Like everybody listening to this podcast right now, if you if someone tells you about a new restaurant, you, what are you going to do? Nine, nine out of 10 of us are going to go look at reviews. That was in Denise's other point. So why should we expect a generation that's attached to their phones to do anything differently? Like you've got to have some kind of an effort. You have to have reviews. You have to have some kind of a persona. Um, tell a story about why you like what you do and why you're good at and why you should be trusted. So I do think that three to five years you can survive, lose, you know, little, just a slow erosion but if you have a, if, if you plan on being in the business for any period of time, there is just uh, mounting evidence that you're never going to be all that you can be without committing to branding. And by the way, James, real quickly, I love I love cats. So seeing your cat in the background there, uh, most people are not watching this or listening to it. Is that a tabby? What is that back there? He's he's a Maine Coon. He's uh, he's probably about twenty three, twenty four pounds, and he has a lion cut. And he's just a, a magnificent giant cat. So he's a. Uh, I mean, he looks like Morris the cat. Does he have nine lives? Hopefully, like Morris. He's yeah. He's he's about ten years old. So. I hope so. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you. So, you know, we can talk about TikTok and LinkedIn and strategies all day long, but I think people listening will say, "That's great, man." But have you made any money on this? You're spending all this time on it. You're building out the capabilities. Cool. But are you closing loans? So can you offer any stats? Is this is this actually been a tangible business? Oh, for sure. It's been extremely tangible. Um, our because there is no marketing costs, uh, we, you know, it's 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 more profitable than the traditional business by probably 30 basis points. I mean, there were times last year, of course, we lost money like everybody else. There were times last night, that, uh, I'm sorry, last uh, last year, or especially earlier in the year where 
we might have lost 50, 60 basis points as an organization, but the influencer division made 70. So, yeah, it's absolutely profitable because we cut out the number one expense, and that is marketing. Conversely, you have to keep in mind, um, and I can give you some stats, in about 32 months since we launched this, we brought in 65,000 unique leads, um, not embellishing or exaggerating by one lead. In fact, it's been more than 65,000 by a few hundred. I'm rounding it down. And when I define lead as somebody watches a video on one of these platforms from one of our influencers, they click a button to uh, give us their information and they tell us what they're looking to do and in what period of time they're looking to do it. And uh, from those 65,000 uh, uh, leads that we've generated just in the last, uh, you know, smaller uh, representation because wrapped up in that 65,000, the first 16 to 18,000, we were just finding our way. That's when, that's when that mortgage guy just joined me. So we didn't have the lead flow in the back end and the coverage of all the states. So just cutting that out and looking at uh, January, 2022 until January of 2024, we brought in 44,000 exclusive leads. And over that period of time, between the videos that were made that turned into closings, meaning a consumer clicked a link, filled it out, and we took them from that inquiry all the way to a closing, right? Between that and then the self-generated production that these same influencers bring to the table, because again, they have the traditional stuff too. Uh, real estate agents, um, accountants, financial planners. So between the two in the last 24 months, the division has closed just over 1,300 units for over 400 million in production. And that's in the face, that's in the face of the most serious headwinds most of us have ever seen, but you know, and then some. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And and I think also to your point, you know, the, the people who would probably be more likely to be looking at the videos, who would be viable leads, they've been largely shut out of these really, really difficult housing markets. And so when you look to the future, I think you, you have to hope that there's going to be a lot more, I think, home purchases from Gen Z and from some of the millennials who've been renting and and uh, encounter the videos that your influencers are putting up. So I, I think it's hopeful that you'll be doing a lot more than, you know, 1300 units in the next 32 months, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you can, it's kind of like, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Like this, this is the true litmus test. It hasn't been easy uh, for sure. I mean, we've had months where we've brought in 4,000, uh, four to 5,000 leads. We've had months where we got down as low as uh, seven, 800 leads from the, from the unit. Now it's starting to go back up uh, into the thousands again, but you know, by no means is it a cakewalk. It takes a lot of work, a lot of effort uh, and a real commitment. And, and the reason I talk about the commitment, James, and this is something to think about it. If you're an IMB out there uh, that wants to consider maybe wrapping your arms around this, because we're getting to the consumer so much earlier, you're not going to close these loans in 30 days. Some of them you will. The lion's share are going to take four months, six months, eight months, a year. And so you have to have two things. 
one, a mindset that you're willing to invest in. Number two, uh, good nurturing tools to kind of identify where people are, meet them where they are, and educate them to get them to that place where they can buy. That's a very different mindset than what CEOs of IMVs are used to. How many leads did we get? How many loans are we closing from that? Are we closing them within 30 to 45 days? This is a completely different mindset, but it's a necessary mindset to continue to be relevant as our business evolves and as the new consumer evolves. James, there, there was a rocket survey. If you Google uh, Gen Z rocket mortgage, I think in July of last year, uh, they surveyed a, a good amount of Gen Zs and uh, about 46% of Gen Zs wanted to buy a home in the next six years. Well, there's 68.6 million Gen Zs out there. So that number is around 31 million Gen Zs that hope to get into a home. Now, hope and getting into a home are different, but you know their intentions. They want to get into a home. And the other thing I'll say, I read a statistics uh, statistic recently that um, that gens, there are more Gen Zs at 25 that own homes than, uh, than the, the, the generation before them. So more and more, you know, Gen Zs are very interested in getting into houses and owning homes. Those are favorable demographics for sure. And there are still quite a few millennials who are, who are probably still on the tail end of that as well that you could, uh, that you could mine. So yeah, re really encouraging. I do want to ask a little bit about sort of the creative culture and the guardrails are, there are so many potential pitfalls in social media, but there's also, I, I think kind of the struggle between, do you make it engaging enough? And if not, are you taking too many risks if you go too far? And so I often speak to loan officers and ask them about social. And many of them say, you know, every video I do, every Instagram post I'm trying to produce, they all have to be approved by the mothership. And it will take days in some cases and, and sometimes longer. Yeah, that's nonsense. That's a, that's a strategy. If that is your strategy, as I said at the, at, at the conference, if you're an IMB and your best marketing strategy and then the thing that you have, marketing flyers, if that's what you lead with, and on top of that, everyone's got to get their videos approved, you're heading for a dumpster fire. You've got to, you've got to trust your salespeople. You have to have uh, very clear and concise rules. I mean, for us, we've made thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of videos. We've not gotten in any trouble because uh, all we're doing is retelling stories. We're not talking about terms. We're not talking about rates. We're not talking about conditions. And those are the three areas where you can get into trouble. Our NMLS numbers are visible everywhere. All we're doing is retelling stories. Now, I help the consumer, you know, for instance, uh, a, a, an influencer talking about how they help the consumer uh, over six months take their credit from a 550 to a 660, and they're so grateful, and you got them into the home of their dreams. What, what are you going to get in trouble for telling that story? Nothing. So I think a lot of times... Uh, people just make excuses because it is very intimidating. Uh, I mean, obviously having every video, having to have every video go through uh, the torture chamber is not, is not their fault, but you know, not dipping their toe in the water here because of other reasons. Uh, it's, it's usually just an excuse. You just got to get out there and do it. And, you know, I talked to one CEO recently called me after the conference. Uh, they were in the crowd and they said to me, you know, I, I'm really strict about our videos. Like we make every video go through, but I've been wanting to be a little bit more lenient. You know, how do you guys do it? How do you monitor it? 
we still have a company that looks at all of our social media stuff on top of those rules, on top of me and, and compliance and legal diving in every once in a while just to make sure everyone's keeping it straight and honest and playing right. We also have a company that we use that monitors our socials as well. So if there's ever a red flag or, or someone's ever pushing the boundaries, we find out about it in a matter of seconds. Rarely has it happened though. We're kind of short on time here. So I, I want to leave with, if, if I'm a CEO of an IMB and I'm not really prioritizing social media, I'm not thinking about Gen Z because there's just not a very big audience right now that are getting into homes, statistically speaking. Where do I start? What what sort of advice would you offer to someone, to I guess a competitor <laughs> um, in this space right now? Well, I said, I said it on the panel and I addressed it the same way you're framing the question. I looked out into the audience and I said, if you're an IMB that doesn't know where to start, go get a PR firm that knows a lot about social media, bring them in to sort of appraise where you are and give you some ideas and set up some coaching for your people internally and start to teach people how to brand safely. That's what it is. Like, so if you're a CEO, you've got a lot of, a lot on your plate right now. This is the last thing you want to have to do is start this whole vertical. At the same time, you're at risk to lenders like me. You just are. We have internal coaching. We've got some of the very biggest and best in the industry. And if somebody from your company comes to mine, comes to my company, we're going to coach them on a daily basis. They're going to be on daily text threads talking about the trends and what's out there uh, and uh, what to look for and what's hot. Um, they're also going to get you know continuous coaching uh, in terms of, hey, looking at their videos. Um, this one didn't perform well because of this. This one did great because of that. Do more of that. Like They're going to get hands-on coaching, not just the loan officers, but we're also going to coach real estate agents. James, we hold this thing called social stage every six weeks or so where I bring in a leading mortgage influencer, leading defined as lots of followers, and a leading real estate influencer. I bring them in for 75 minutes and we invite everyone in our database at NFM to come in. We just did this last Thursday. We had over 900 registrants for this. 900. Over 400 people showed up. They stayed the entire time. 88% of them were real estate agents. Just 12% were loan officers or loan officers that work for us. Just think about that for a minute. Like that's very telling statistically. It really speaks to the hunger that real estate agents have to learn how to brand. And so from the IMB perspective, you need to add this value to your referral partners because if you don't, I'm going to, or the next company is going to. And so there's enough benefit here for you to want to invest in the strategy. And I would say, you know, I'm, I'm at this sort of legacy phase in my career, James. You know, I'm 53 now. Up until I was 50, I thought I had to keep everything we did well as a huge secret. I'm not there anymore. I want to help every IMB stay relevant. We have a lot of, a lot of headwinds, a lot of legislation coming at us, a lot of people that don't want to see us continue to do well. There's an IMB out there that wants to talk to me about this. Reach out on LinkedIn. Greg, S-H-E-R. And I'll be, as you know, James, because I'm very open with you, I'm open with other CEOs. You know, I come from this perspective that we can all help each other, that we don't have to always be fighting. There's enough of that going on. As your uh, amazing leading publication, unfortunately, has to cover because that's the news. There's enough infighting and bickering among CEOs. We have to start helping each other. Enough is enough. So I'm here. I'm starting at, reach out to me. I'll tell you everything I know. 
And I think to that point, just to wrap it up here, there's a lot more business out there that nobody has claimed. It's not just one lender fighting another. There's not enough in the industry looking at some lower income brackets. There's not enough education going on, special purpose credit programs. There's not enough harvesting of existing databases. And, and you know, these people are out there, as I think Craig and his influencer division proved. So, Craig, keep it up. You're doing an awesome job. Thank you so much for joining me today. Everybody should absolutely follow Greg on LinkedIn. It's Greg Scher, S-H-E-R. And uh, Greg, thanks again. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.